1: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: Change has its enemies. I get it. But one thing you cannot argue for with all due respect to all the critics out there is the status quo. You can't. And in the absence of alternatives, what the hell are we going to
2: do?
4: to address this crisis. Okay, I hate to uh, bring the behind-the-scenes to the front of the scenes, but that's not my 31. Yeah, that's oh, my 31. Oh, that's from I got Friday's sheet in front of me. Oh. I'm sorry. That's where the breakdown is. Okay. Well, what I wanted was, what I was hoping for, was a little uh, commentary on the border from the weekend, in which we set more records every single day, with uh, people coming across the border and nothing being done about it, which leads into the horrifying, disastrous poll... From ABC Washington Post that came out about Joe Biden and the Democrats yesterday, including his uh, handling of the border, Uh, also his handling of the economy, which is an incredibly low number. I'll hit you with all those in a second, but I liked Glenn Greenwald, who, uh, as Joy says, sometimes I agree with, sometimes I think he's a nut job, but he tweeted out. You need to send out more liberal media personalities with multi-million dollar contracts on NBC and CNN to lecture Americans that they're too stupid to realize how good things are in the economy and that Biden deserves more of their gratitude for how much he's done for them. <laughs> that is right, because I heard a lot of that yesterday with uh, touting all these great numbers they claim about the economy, but wh- Americans not not reacting that way. So Americans are just too stupid. To figure out that things are awesome in this country. Yeah, Yeah, these paste-eating morons uh, listen to their eyes and ears instead of the
3: the White House messaging.
4: It's outrageous. It's it's hard to pick which is the most disastrous number in this ABC poll that came out yesterday, but 44% of Americans say they've gotten worse off financially under Biden. That's the highest number for that question with any president in 40 years. I said you're kidding me. Wow!
3: Wow! Inflation is like a tornado. I it wipes out economic happiness and, and prosperity.
4: I don't know how it's only 44%. I mean, I know I say this every time, but I spent the weekend living my life like you did. Went to a restaurant, got the bill. What? Filled up with gas yesterday. What? Went to the yeah. grocery store. Are you kidding me? I mean, how is it only 44% that say that they're worse off than when Biden uh, took office? So his uh, his rating on the economy is at 30%. And the the 30% of you who think I think things are fantastic. I like it like this. You
3: know what Jack, if you granted me 10% worth of tribal loyalty in answering that poll, then you have a number that's truly overwhelming. And and I would argue that absolutely. There's about 10% worth of tribal loyalty bias in every poll these days.
4: Sure. Absolutely. So his approval rating overall, 37%, which is quite low. Historically, it's disastrously low for a president. Uh, 56% disapprove, which is amazing, too. So it's not a lot of wow. I don't have an opinions. Mm. Way upside down. To the border, which I was going to play a clip of but couldn't get my uh, schedule correct. Um, <laughs> uh, on handling immigration on the U.S.-Mexico border, Biden's rating is at 23% approval. And you, 23%. What are your standards Exactly.
3: We're uh, cartel members. <laughs> they uh, polled at the border, and we, we work for their cartels.
4: Uh, in terms of strongly approve or strongly disapprove, that's like you have a real passion about this. 20% strongly approve. So of that 23 Oh, my. So of that 23%, that's hilarious. But 45% strongly disapprove. Almost a half of the country strongly disapproves of how he's handling the border.
3: The what border the number? is secure. Uh, here it is from the New York Post. Uh, 3.8 million uh, folks have crossed the border. sans paperwork since Biden took office. 3.8 million. So there's a statistically significant chance that some of those folks were caught up in this poll. There's so damn many of them. Maybe that's the, uh, hell yeah, I'm strongly in favor of it. I used to starve in Venezuela, now I got a great job at this hotel in Chicago.
4: Now, I do think this is an outlier poll. These numbers are a little too much, even for Joe Biden on some of this stuff. The fact that Joe Biden now uh, trails Donald Trump in a head-to-head matchup 51-42, that is an outlier. There are no other polls that have showed it this far out. Most other polls are like, a tie or one of them being one or two points ahead but anyway that's what abc washington post came out with yesterday hmm. and a number of people pointed out hey good for you for putting it out there i mean i'm sure you got your poll results and were like "Ah, ah, ah this is gonna make a lot of eyes go but they put the poll oh, out there anyway they didn't hold on
3: including to it. in the the very newsrooms that sponsored it yeah yeah
4: absolutely um Here's another number that's just disastrous for Joe Biden. 74% say he's too old for a second term. That's up six points since May. You know why? Because he's even older now, uh, seeming, than he was in May. And you've had more opportunities to see him slur his way through speeches. Or I heard a comedian the other day say when he gets done speaking, he's like a Roomba. He just turns around, tries to get stuck <laughs> in a corner, tries to figure out how to get out of the room.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, y- you have to keep in mind the percentage of the population that would have no reason to have heard Joe Biden speaking because they're not avid news consumers. They're not politics junkies. They might go four or five weeks without hearing a clip of the president. But when they do, the reaction is practically universal. Holy cow, he sounds old. I realize he of evolved our institutions.
4: <laughs> wow. So, like NBC came out with a poll yesterday, and they had Biden and Trump basically tied. So that was another poll in line with polls. So this again, this seems like an outlier. But uh, how about the shutdown? Listen to this: such is Biden's sentiment in this poll that if a government shutdown occurs next week, forty percent say they chiefly blame Biden and Democrats versus thirty-three who'd pin it on Republicans. That is remarkable historically. It is, and especially with the way the media has been covering this over the last several days.
3: Oh, yeah, with the the Freedom Caucus lunatics running roughshod through the Capitol, setting fires. They wear no pants. They defecate in public and sacrifice beasts at at midnight. Right. Their coverage has been scathing.
4: Well, even even Kevin McCarthy said on Friday about his some of his fellow Republicans, he said, you got a bunch of people who want to burn it all down. This is a new thing that we've got going on. So even he's saying that, but. This is what the polling said. Forty percent would blame Biden and the Democrats. Thirty three percent would pinned on the Republicans if there's a shutdown. Speaking personally,
3: um, uh, there are frequently occasions where Freedom Caucus types speak. And I think, wow, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Then occasionally I think, oh, for the love of heaven, what is the matter with you people? People. But I think, in general, they're on the right track, although some of them, I think their tactics are, are pretty dopey. Uh, what's interesting to me is that you can have, uh, whether it's climate change or, or racism or whatever, the left is constantly screaming, this is a crisis, this is an existential crisis, this is an emergency, and we are justified in doing practically every anything. And yet, if you have a cabal of uh, right-wingers, Saying, "Hey, the budget is the deficit, the debt is complete This is a crisis now. Crisis for us, our children, and grandchildren. They're seen as as lunatics and idiots and extremists. Well, that's it's a wonder that uh, the Republicans ever win an election. And I would say it's the testament to the strength of our ideas that frequently the right does win elections.
4: So, first on uh, his age, and then on the border. On his age, the NBC poll that came out yesterday." also had it at three-quarters of voters who say they're concerned about Joe Biden's age and mental fitness. So that seems to be the number across a bunch of polls. About 75% of Americans say, he's just too old to do this. His brain is gone. Three-quarters of Americans. How do you run that guy for president? And then on the border, as others have asked, you're at 23%. The mayor of New York in the bluest city in America is saying you're destroying the city. Do something. What are you just going to ride this all the way to November and keep having your secretary say the border is secure? I mean, what what do you think their plan is behind closed doors?
3: Well, unless they're utterly irrational, I I I don't know. Uh, it's a disaster. Well, but then, and but, and the disaster continues on the border in terms of the age and senility thing. Uh, I can't remember which uh, party has uh, their their uh, convention which month, but it's another ten eleven months. Oh yeah. Until the Democratic Convention, that's another ten, eleven months of decline by Joe Biden. You don't get better from dementia.
4: No, he'll be a year older. He could
3: be, but and, uh, on on. Well, the, I was going to say, and keeping in mind, he is getting quite literally the best care possible on planet Earth for an old fella in his situation.
4: True that. He's also got the most stressful job on planet Earth. I don't know if he feels the stress. He might be so mentally out of it that he doesn't feel the stress. I don't know. Um, my best, my wife. But on the border, are you, how are you not trying to get out ahead of this and make it seem like you're controlling events instead of events are controlling you? And records being set every day and the media beating you up from all corners. You're just going to, again, you're just going to ride this till November? That's crazy. No, I think they're trying, but they're up against their
3: own lack of realism, up against not wanting to seem too Trumpian um the extremist uh, pro-immigration left is putting pressure on them i don't know it's it's something to watch it's a high high level of incompetence i mean even if you were to accept that they are evil and dishonest and don't give a crap about the country from a purely cynically political point of view it's difficult to explain their strategy
4: all right, so I'm watching the uh, the highlights from the Chiefs game there on the TV, and all the highlights are mostly <laughs> Taylor Swift in the stands <laughs> with the uh, receiver's mom. Um, I happen to be
3: watching at the moment Travis Kelsey scored that touchdown, and I watched Taylor Swift going nuts yeah, right. in the luxury box. That was not the going nuts of somebody who's been out on a couple of dates.
4: She's got the Chiefs jersey on. So is she Does she digging this guy, or did she see him on Saturday Night Live after the Super Bowl last year and think, he's attractive. He's like the biggest thing in football right now. The Chiefs are the biggest thing in football. Perfect for my brand. Nothing would help me more than to be in a Chiefs uniform, the most popular team in the league, with one of the most popular players in the league. I think I'll date him and be seen like right here. They're walking out of a locker room with cameras all around them. I mean, you don't have to do that. You don't have no. to walk out of the locker room through the gauntlet of cameras.
3: I think we're a year to a year and a half away from a big, strong, incredibly lanky baby entering the world. Jack is the Kelsey Swift Man, family. I think we're more down.
4: I think we're more likely about nine months away from a bunch of songs about how her heart was broken by this behemoth. And uh, right. she vague
3: on. allusions to a big body but a small heart or something <laughs> like that. Set to an inescapably catchy beat. <laughs>
4: Oh, hilarious. Uh, We got a lot more on the way. Stay with us.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: One strike over, one ramping up. Joe Biden to visit the United Auto Workers picket line tomorrow. More on that coming up
3: yeah i want to talk about that so the story about the f-35 disappearing in south carolina and the incredulous uh, 911 dispatcher and and, and the whole deal got a lot of attention last week and who could forget this gentleman i was in the uh in the bathroom taking a shave and i heard a a screeching between a screech and a whistle (laughs) What in the oh, world of Oh, boy. Yeah. And I heard a boom. So, uh, 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 a couple of follow ups on that story. First of all, uh, Rick in Wyoming says Do you think the uh, gentleman in North Carolina who made the jet noise is really Howard Dean? The famous Howard Dean scream. Do we have that handy? <laughs> Similar. Do we have the other guy scream? <laughs> 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 Whew, you got to give it to <laughs> Mr. South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, South <laughs> I mean, Dean is, is good, but South Carolina's is just unbelievable. Um, oh, oh, that's right. Uh, his, Of course, he's been Ken-boned sort oh, of. Oh, okay. Whatever. Sort of. Hang on now, and what you hear will shock you. Randolph White is his name. He's 71 years old. News crews showed up to his house and said, Hey, you're famous. You're famous. Scream. And He um, was in the bathroom
4: he, taking a sh- shave.
3: Yeah. Uh, but he said, "Fame isn't what matters to him." Quote: "It's fun, but back to the serious thing. Hey, I'm not trying to be famous. I'm satisfied in my own skin. I know who I am and what I am. As far as I'm concerned, I have it all right now. Number one, health and strength. Number two, I'm relatively sane." He said, "People don't realize when you lose your health. I don't care what else you own. The most important thing is gone. You could be a billionaire, but if your health is no good, the money's no good. Just remember that."
4: I don't care about that. Who do you vote for?
3: See Trump or Biden? Did he- was he busted for shoplifting at age 16, 60 years ago?
4: What's he thinking, yeah, trans?
3: No oh, man. Uh, so a couple more comments on this. Uh, Jack, you quoted from the New York Post talking about how uh, the, uh, the the F-35 has only a coin flip chance of completing their mission. Uh, they're capable of performing missions just 55% of the time, etc. etc. Got this note from uh, a a fighter mechanic, fighter plane mechanic. Uh, the mission-capable rates you mentioned are not how well it completes its missions. It's maintenance. It's a maintenance statistic. Fully mission-capable rates are essentially the rate of aircraft avail- availability. The report is saying that at any given time, roughly 55% of all the F-35s in the arsenal are fully mission-capable at one time.
4: Is that good or and bad? It goes I don't into, have any idea.
3: Uh, The F-35 is an extremely sophisticated and complicated machine, he says. Its uh, rates of readiness are lower because it's so damned complicated. Uh, But he goes into the particulars of how you maintain them and get parts and that sort of thing. Very interesting stuff, and we appreciate Jacob weighing in. Um, But anyway, the New York Post put it in a very uh, misleading way.
4: Well, uh, one disappearing in America for an entire day, and we'll lead you that direction.
3: Right. Uh, Let's see. And then this is Kelly, who was a 911 operator, a dispatcher for many, many years and and was uh, listening to our playing of the 911 dispatch call for the missing jet plane. She says, I've heard good and bad call takers over the year. Um, uh, Yes, we're absolutely required to ask questions that are guaranteed to piss off the callers, but we have to do it anyway. I've taken so many odd calls and been working when others have taken odd calls. One that comes to mind is I killed my mother and I'm eating her heart. Ah. Uh... The- yeah, the dispatcher made it a welfare check and a lower priority than a murder because she was having a hard time believing her. Well, it turned out to be true. Oh, my God. And she says, you know, I'd find it difficult to believe that a pilot ejected, came down in a parachute, let the plane continue flying, and somewhere there's a $100 million jet about to crash. That's just a stretch. It's so darn hard to believe. She did her due diligence and made up uh, the call for service instead of blowing it off. So I give her kudos for that. That's got to be a heck of an interesting career.
4: I thought the more interesting thing is why he doesn't have some sort of fancy radio or location device or something rather than you walk to a house and call 911.
3: Sure. And then you go looking for the plane (laughs) is heading in that direction. I guess let's walk in that direction.
4: A couple other stories to catch you up from the weekend, including more stuff from the border. I mean, just the numbers are absolutely amazing. Got got a fair amount of coverage in mainstream media over the weekend, too.
3: And there's a new study out that may have a clue as to rising uh, autism rates. It's kind of disturbing. Stay with us.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
4: Strong and Getty Show.
1: Police have identified a woman possibly killed by an alligator in Pinellas County. Sabrina Peckham was 41 years old. She was found dead on Friday after someone spotted an alligator with a body in its mouth. A 13-foot gator was pulled from a waterway and euthanized. One local resident says alligators have been seen in the area before, but not usually that large.
4: Now that story got a fair amount of attention for the brief period of time as they were wondering what was in that alligator's mouth. turns out it looks like it was that 41-year-old woman. Oh. So, Some Yikes. That's a caveman death right there.
3: Yeah, my goodness. Troubling. Uh, so a lot of good stuff to get to today. My goodness, uh, it's, it's just a cornucopia of infotainment and intormation. Uh, this, uh, this is shocking, but take it with the grain of salt. Uh, pregnant or breastfeeding women who consume diet soda or other foods uh, containing aspartame, the artificial sweetener aspartame. Could experience higher rates of autism diagnoses in their sons. New study has revealed. Universities, uh, I'm sorry, researchers at the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio found that among boys who had been diagnosed with autism, their mothers were three times as likely to report drinking at least one diet soda per day, about the equivalent of five tabletop packets of aspartame. Now, the lead author said, quite responsibly, our study does not prove causality. It does not prove that maternal intake of diet sodas and aspartame specifically during pregnancy or nursing increases a child's risk of autism, but it does raise a major warning flag, and it's worth looking into.
4: And who knows and we'll find out, but is it going to be something like that? Absolutely.
3: I remember so well uh, in my early childhood... Uh when some of, some of the birth defect tragedies of the 60s were pointed out to me, kids that I saw whose moms had taken various drugs that were cleared for use during pregnancy and caused just devastating uh, birth defects. Um, is it possible something that's all around us is a major contributor to the astonishing rise in autism? Yes, absolutely yes. Yes. Uh, whether it's an artificial sweetener, which I avoid as much as I can, or not, I don't know. I don't know.
4: But it'll be, but like my point is, it'll be something like that, don't you think?
3: If if it's not well, it's like uh, uh, the uh, anti anti inflammatory. No, that's what you take. Like um, you know, your fire suppressant chemicals in furniture, right? Stuff like that. Or something in the most commonly used fertilizer on Earth or something right. that surrounds us and appears utterly innocent. Yeah, I have a feeling that's probably part of it. Dang it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, they studied several hundred children diagnosed with autism. Interestingly, they did not find that same association in autism in girls, um, which is something my family's dealt with, as a long-time listeners know. Um we also saw these associations for boys with autism disorder, but not for all boys with any autism spectrum disorder, an umbrella category that includes less severely life-challenging conditions such as Asperger's syndrome, et cetera. But it's something they're looking into. Look into it as quickly as possible. And speaking of science, I was shocked at the number of people who sent us the link to this story. I'd happen to have seen it already in the Wall Street Journal about this uh, essentially a trio of scientists who have made it, if not their life's work, a- an extremely enthusiastic hobby using tips, number crunching and gut instincts to un- uncover deception in academic papers, mm-hmm. research papers, studies, the very sort of which we just cited. Um, and, and the one guy's just a super data cruncher mastermind and, Uh, The second guy, I can't remember what his specialty is exactly, but they all have uh, different uh, areas of expertise. But working together, they have uncovered uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of faulty papers, some being incompetence, a lot of them being dishonesty. Um, And uh, and back in 2002, they point out 119 academic papers were retracted. 119. Last year, it was 5,500 partly because of these guys and people like them.
4: Well, incompetence or just being wrong, I see those as incompetence usually carries more of a negative flavor to it. Sometimes you're just oh, wrong. Oh, No, just being
3: wrong is that does not show up. Okay. It's being it's being deceptive ah, okay. or or grossly incompetent. Gotcha. They can they can spot the numbers. Um and they have nailed a lot of prominent people, Harvard rock star scientist, the president of Stanford University, the neuroscientist who is forced to step down. And interestingly, three studies he co-wrote were retracted. They didn't think he personally engaged in research misconduct or knew about the misconduct by others, but, quote, he failed to decisively and forthrightly correct mistakes in the scientific record. Once you figure out somebody faked up data in your report, you've got to come forward. Mm. But the other... Uh, the other conclusion I came from from this, uh, came to from this, uh, this article, which is quite interesting. We'll post a link at armstrongandgetty.com, was that as our friends, uh, James Lindsay and Peter Boghossian and Helen Pluckrose pointed out so hilariously and brilliantly several years ago, when you move into the so called social sciences, which aren't sciences at all, They've tried to borrow the lab coat of science and slap it onto their own particular theories about humanity, most of it anyway. Uh, When you move into those quote-unquote sciences, man, do you find a lot of dodgy research.
4: Well, you'd have to, because it's made up. (laughs) The whole idea of a lot of it is made up, so.
3: Well, and it's so prone to manipulation and getting people to give you the answers they want. Then they fake up the research, get it public in, they published in Psychological Science or or the the Journal of sexist dog park rape culture or whatever, like uh, Lindsay and Pluckrose and, and Boghossian did. Um, nobody checks that crap. But every we have so many PhDs now, so many. Uh, Uh, so many professors, so many administrators in college. And the way you get status is to publish. And so you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of papers being published that nobody ever reads or cites or needs on any level. And half of it's fake. Well, not half of it, but a lot of it's fake.
4: Uh, One more science story. This is actually good news. I came across this yesterday. from Human Progress. Uh, Apparently, Elon Musk was talking to Bill Maher about this just the other night on his show. Uh, they were talking about um, running out of water on Earth and fresh water and what that's going to do and climate change and all that sort of stuff. And Elon Musk said, hey, the Earth is 70 percent water. We're going to be fine. Bill Maher said, well, you can't drink that. Musk said, oh, no, desalinization is absurdly cheap now. That was news to me and a number of people. So they started looking into it. And, yeah, it turns out um, there is a new way the, the price of desalinization that's taking salt water in the ocean and making it you know, drinkable. Uh, taking assault out of, has fallen. The price has fallen 62% in the last decade, and it's becoming absurdly cheap and just about to the past the break even, it makes more sense to do it than not stage, which they mm-hmm. think they're screaming toward, which could change the planet, obviously. Right. Right. And and goes to our philosophy of, yeah, we ought to keep
3: working toward technologies that eliminate fossil fuels or what have you. But meanwhile, we need to be working as hard and fast as we can at ways to deal with the climate if it's changing. And this is a perfect example. And, you know, I would suggest that even as that supply curve is moving, the demand curve is going to move, too. And at at some point very soon, the lower cost and the greater needs going to say, say, yeah, 100 percent, we need this technology. Let's get to work
4: couple of brief football notes. In college, the Deion Sanders story changed over the weekend as his team got just trounced by Oregon. They were down like 35-0 at halftime or something, but, you know, that's fine. Um, uh, but he had been everywhere since that 60-minute story last week.
3: And then Yeah, the, they beat some bad teams and then ran into a really good
4: team. The Mi- The Miami Dolphins scored 70 points yesterday. What? 70 points, uh, took a knee, or they could have broken the all-time NFL record for points scored, and the records go back to the 40s. The Chicago Bears scored 73 points in the 1940 NFL championship as a completely different sport. The ball was practically round. Nobody threw it. I mean, it's just, whatever. Uh, But anyway, so the Dolphins scored.
3: Back in the day, you had bigger, tougher milkmen than the other team because they worked straight jobs six months a year.
4: So the Dolphins were up 70-20 to in their home opener, Well, that's a good way to please the hometown crowd in the opening game of the season, to run up 70 points. Anyway, uh, Coach being asked on why you didn't kick a field goal when you had a chance there down at the end, and they knelt on the ball uh, uh, to run out the clock. It felt like chasing points, chasing a record. That's not what we came here to do. It doesn't have a bearing on the overall season outcome, so I didn't think it was appropriate. Who were they playing against? It was Denver, uh, the Broncos. Denver Broncos. Yeah, I saw that oh, game.
3: Oh, the beleaguered Broncos.
4: So how do you feel about that? From a sportsmanship standpoint, I like it because, no, the point is not to see how many points you can score, but it's a TV show. Mm. That's what it really is. So I don't know. Wouldn't it have been very mm. exciting for a lot of the country to see the all-time NFL record set for points scored? That's pretty exciting.
3: Yeah, it's a point scoring league these days, so it is different. I don't know. I'm 52 48 in favor of taking the knee in the name of sportsmanship, but barely.
4: Yeah, I'm barely also because again, feed it is, me a couple of drinks and ask me again. It's a TV show and it would have been off. <laughs> oh my God, that's the most points ever scored. Wow. Now i never think about it again because it's not important. <laughs> um,. The stats around that are amazing. I mean, the quarterback threw for, like, 350 yards, and they had a 250-yard rusher. And just, I mean, <laughs> just, you know, it's not easy to score 70 points in a, in a football game. Wow, hard times for the mighty Broncos. Um, we are going to get to the care courts in California coming up. It was the feature of 60 Minutes last night. That's the, can you take somebody who's mentally ill and put them in a mental hospital, whether they want to or not? Are we going to go back to that? In the United States. Some people are for it, some people are against it. We'll get to that coming up, among other things. Stay tuned.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get
0: your podcasts.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: This isn't sustainable. Up and down the system, everybody is overwhelmed. I believe it's a money-making opportunity for those smugglers, and I believe it's a distraction for them to cross other things into the country. Other things like narcotics fentanyl book cash weapons people of interest whether it be hardened criminals gang members convicted sexual predators
3: what's book cash i don't know i don't know Doesn't matter. kind of let that slip by me that's abc news by the way with an extremely critical report of the chaos on the border in which the border patrol sh- chief jason owens said Yeah, it's a distraction. They're getting in uh, fentanyl and, and cartel members and criminals and God knows what else.
4: Speaking of, as we were earlier, there's no constituency for the status quo on some stories. Nobody is in favor of the way this is working right now on the border, but nothing's happening.
3: Right, right. Here's Representative Mike Turner with a comment.
4: Just
0: this year, we've had 1.9 million people go across our border. That's that's more people than live in the cities of Columbus, Cincinnati, and Dayton, Ohio, and Southwest Ohio combined. Um, these numbers speak for themselves. They surely show that the,
3: the administration's policy is encouraging people to come across the border. We need to stop this. If I were a better man, I would not say this was all true, 100% true, When it was red states being invaded, and you all ignored it or called us racists for bringing it up. Right. But here we are. We often speak of the homeless industrial complex, and there are billions of dollars being handled out to deal with homeless folks. Likewise, immigration. This is notable. It is a local TV station in Chicago. Uh, This is Bennett Haberly. Michael, hit 60, please. These invoices
0: obtained by NBC5 Investigates show employees of a private company, Favorite Staffing, which run the city's migrant shelters, have made at least $135 an hour, in some cases more. In one invoice, a facility manager made $14,000 in a week in December. Another invoice shows a nurse earned more than $20,000 in one week.
3: Those figures do account for overtime. Mm. Oh, oh, $20,000 in a week, but there was overtime. Oh, holy cow. So the folks staffing the city's shelters are making between $135 and $200 an hour. Right. Here's an
4: alderman commenting. So how, I mean, you just got to be honest with yourself or admit human nature. How much do you want things to stop if you're making that kind of money? Oh, are you
3: kidding? I would do anything I could to perpetuate it. I'd go down to the border myself and and try to distract the uh, border patrol.
4: Hand out Amazon gift cards as they came across
3: yeah no kidding hey tell your relatives it's easy to come in you need to borrow my phone call them now clip 61 michael to see invoices like that are disgusting they're outrageous and they should be cause for an investigate an immediate investigation uh here's another uh alderman do you have an accounting for all the dollars are going? Uh, No, we haven't been, and I think that's uh, the big concern that came up today was that we're willing to accept federal dollars, we're willing to give dollars to these issues, but we need to see where every penny is spent. As Milton Friedman would remind us, spending somebody else's money on somebody else, you don't care about how much, and you don't care about quality.
4: Well, the key to the whole thing is to stop people from crossing the border illegally. That's really the key to this whole thing you'd think we could do that. We just can't.
3: There's no will to. There's no will to enforce the law. It's seen as too cruel if you have, say, I don't know, <clears throat> 10,000 people show up on a Wednesday saying, yeah, we're all uh, asylum seekers. We're, uh, we're in danger in our homeland. And you can't say, yeah, you needed to apply at home or in the first safe country you came from. So here's, uh, here's a plane ticket. It's coach, I'm afraid. You're going back to your country now. Uh, it's seen as too cruel.
4: Point out again that the ABC Washington Post poll had Joe Biden's approval rating on the border on immigration at 23%. I would think that would motivate him and his party to want to do something to get those numbers up heading into a presidential election next year. If only for cynical reasons, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even if it's the most cynical of reasons, you'd think they'd want to do something. And as always, I ask that 23%,
3: what would unsuccessful look like in your world
4: <laughs> if the Mexican what? government set up shop in DC <laughs> just paint the picture for me what would a
3: bad situation on the border look like <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. it's tribal loyalty obviously
4: right. right 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 what a deal uh well if if, if this doesn't get Our government to deal with stopping the flow, uh, nothing will.
3: I think the good news for the Democratic Party is they have a whipping boy uh, to take the beatings for the terrible policy, who will then withdraw and let a white knight appear. Uh, atop a a, a a steed, that whipping boy is Joe Biden, who's mm-hmm. not running again, and Gavi Slick Newsome, weights in the wings, here's proof. Number one, as we discussed earlier, he vetoed that horrific, evil bill that would say in a custody hearing, if a parent doesn't affirm their child's gender identity, they should lose custody. Gavi vetoed that, uh, that had passed, it arrived on his desk, on a party-line vote of 57 to 16. Wow. That's how sick California is. Uh, anyway, he vetoed it. Secondly, he has just announced that he'll be at the second Republican presidential debate as part of Joe Biden's re-election campaign effort. He's there as a surrogate for the president and the Democratic Party, and he'll be their spokesman.
4: Okay, so after the debate Wednesday night, all the uh, TV reporters can ask Gavin Newsom question, and he gets his time to... Uh, respond to various things that came up in the debate as if he's the candidate. Right. Okay. Gotcha.
3: All the while saying, I'm just representing <laughs> Joe Biden. He's our nominee. He's our leader. Look at his record with his little chuckle. I don't know
4: how many people are going to watch this debate, but you know, it's still a good idea.
3: He's uh, He'll get a lot of coverage, though, a lot oh, of echo yeah. chamber coverage. Oh, yeah. he, he'll be there uh, to contrast, among other things, the difference between Bidenomics and Maganomics. nomics. Which uh, Biden coined, he came up with that himself, Magonomics. Yeah, I kind of remember Magonomics, and I didn't hate them.
4: 44% of Americans say they're worse off now than when Joe Biden became president. That's the highest so number. so they're going to focus on Bidenomics? Yeah, that's the highest what? number of people being unhappy with the economy in 40 years, according to the ABC poll. Do his advisors have the internet? Do they know what people are saying right now? If you miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
4: When you drive a vehicle so
0: reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do